just last evening. I did something in my homeschool room that I have been putting off for a good long time. Dismantling the homeschool room. This is a season, a homeschool season, unlike any I've experienced before. I'm entering the ranks of homeschool mom graduates. Today, I'm going to discuss specific seasons in our homeschool. One that many engage, might I even suggest most of us engage, no matter what homeschool method you ascribe to. And it's not the graduated homeschool mom season. No, probably that will be the season that you enter as well. But I'm going to call the season that we talk about today the project-based homeschool season. You might call it unit studies or child-led learning or self-directed education. You might call it unschooling or you just might call it summer. But whatever we collectively agree to name it, it's usually fun. But before we discuss how we can unleash creativity and explore this season, this project-based homeschool season, I want to welcome you to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich, the homeschool life coach at www.capturingthecharmlife.com. I'm here to help you reimagine your homeschool, whether you're entering your second year or your 25th, whether you're embarking on your first homeschool year journey, you are all welcome here. As I coach and mentor homeschool moms, I get to hear a lot of discussion on whether people are doing their homeschool right, or if they can get it a little bit more right, whether they're doing it enough, whether they can motivate their kids, they want to know, can they also prevent their kids from being bored, and is it their responsibility? Can they be clear on whether they're doing right by their homeschool kids, whether that's through their homeschool curriculum choices or their extracurricular choices, or even enacting just regular routines that might help them? and not hinder them. Sometimes we get so focused on all these things that we forget to have fun. I know that plenty of you don't live in my northern hemisphere and you're not presently enjoying summer, but soon enough, girlfriend, winter will be over, spring will be springing, and summer will be upon you again. I am in the thick of summer. I typically reserve time each week especially when it's too hot to do anything else, like today, to don my swimsuit, walk down my brushy path to the river on my mountainside homestead, and I float with a big floppy sun hat, a sparkly drink, a book, and sometimes a kiddo who wants to chat for a couple hours. I love these times with my kids, and I really love these times on my own, too. These are divine summer afternoons. My homeschool family looks a whole lot different now, but I want to share with you today about the seasonal transition between May to September that I've embraced most homeschool years. And I hope these ideas will give you enjoyable activities for this, what I'm going to call the project-based homeschool season. When you look at our homeschool family from May to September, you will see unschooling, some may call it, also known as project-based homeschooling, we've typically flipped the May switch. There are fewer languages to study and fewer workbooks, fewer times sitting at the kitchen table, and there are more projects. 
There's less sitting in one place for formal academic days, but there is still a lot of learning going on. At the end of April, the kids and I sit down to discuss the interests we'd like to pursue. Then we, each morning after breakfast, uh, discuss, okay, after math review, after piano practice, and after dance practice, what project do you want to work on today? So, you know, I've learned over my years that if you completely delete math discussions or a little math study or practice, they forget. I heard that somewhere in the education realm. Didn't believe it until I saw it. Maybe it's just my kids, but we've always continued with about 15 minutes, some form of math practice or math discussion until the end of June. And since a few of my kids were still in piano lessons or dance classes, they were encouraged to continue practicing. But other than those things, I'd ask, what do you want to do today? They'd break out the science kits, you know, like those CM science kits. I'd learn about KiwiCo kits many years later. We had science kits like the forensic science kit, or there was a physics kit, there was a chemistry kit, there were many different kinds of science kits. These science kits would sometimes help my kiddo learn what oobleck does and how it acts like quicksand and find many other reasons to mix non-edible stuff in the kitchen. They would get busy in the kitchen, creating edible things too. They'd discover the many ways to prepare chicken or make pizza dough for tonight's dinner, or deep-fried donuts. Naturally, they played games. Logic games like Mindbender books, the survivor game that they created themselves. They'd see who could go underwater at our very cold mountain runoff river. Now, it's cold at the beginning of May with mountain runoff, but I'm like, carpe duncum, kiddos. Here's an activity I don't want an invitation to, but have fun. They would learn new opening moves for chess. Our kids would write stories. There is nothing like listening to a seven-year-old sharing his mall shooting story. I don't know where he got this idea from, a mall shooting story. Um, it was a little disturbing, also really interesting seeing it from a seven-year-old vantage point. Of course, they would read their books, so many books. The Horrible History series is one of the favorite series that my son had for many years. And amongst the older kids, there was the Mother-Daughter Book Club, Life of Pi, and even War and Peace. Yeah, you heard that right. And no, it was definitely not my suggestion for a summer read. And because we homestead, they take care of animals and spend more time with the animals. By far, our favorite project for the first summer that we lived in our homestead home was learning to take care of our new kitty. And now fast forward a handful of years and we have three goats, one about to be sold tomorrow morning. Today is actually the due date for Poppy and I still see no baby. We also have 20 chickens, three cats as of last summer, one large guardian dog who probably is as much animal energy as all the animals together and it always seems like we're on the hunt for one more animal to care for. At the time I initially wrote this discussion on project-based homeschooling, we were new to our home, our homestead home. We were working on our new backyard together. It was really just a forest with a handful of blasted rocks thrown in plus a gorgeous view of the lake or river, depending on the time of day. And when the neighboring dam was in action, we were cleaning up raw land, 
there were many sticks to burn and spaces to clear and fresh air to consume. That was one of my favorite project-based activities. And moving to a new neighborhood, there were new families to meet, teas to drink, and new babysitting jobs to pursue. With extra time, the oldest girls considered what part-time jobs they'd like to pursue, and most of my homeschool kids have had jobs before their double digits, <laughs> some sort of entrepreneurial adventure before their double digits, and definitely had some form of part-time job at the age of 14. The full-time library position for three summer months? Well, one of them applied to that. And they also joined the chorus for our local kids' theater. At the time, it was Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Should one of my teenage girls take me up on the offer to paint the greenhouse? She did. Should she finish the online English course? Eventually she did. There's so much more freedom in that project-based season, but in some ways, there is a little more work on my part. I actually need to pay a bit more attention, find ways they can pursue their interests and gather resources. During the project season, I'm listening more to them than they're listening to me. So what are you including in your project-based homeschool season? Last week in the Facebook group, the Homeschool Mama Support Group, I brought you into my dusty homeschool room to discuss how you can make useful curriculum choices, ones that will serve your homeschool family and you will appreciate having purchased or borrowed. One homeschool mom from Italy, a mom of three kids named Anne, shared this when I asked, how do you decide on curriculum? She said, I do a mix of following the kids' interests and looking what the Italian government thinks kids should know and try to expose them to that. I've never purchased curriculum. We fly by the seat of our pants, but I do spend money on cool presentations from Twinkle, OutSchool, and someone to come over to do some Italian grammar and math games every once in a while. She shared, I'm a certified teacher in the U.S., and I taught at an international school in Italy for many years. We used the international primary curriculum, and it was all about using one topic and connecting all the subjects. Sound familiar? So she shared, so one unit was chocolate, so we do measurements, chemistry, economics, the ancient Mayan culture, stories, writing. The units were so random, and I used to think, we could do this with any topic, and topics are countless. Wait, this is just life. Everything is connected. Oh yeah, girl. <laughs> when I listened to Anne and her story or her understanding of how she began homeschooling, and she began homeschooling as a certified teacher, and then she gradually moved into, you know, checking out what the government says maybe they should learn for their learning outcomes, and then saying, okay, well, try to incorporate that, and then I will look at how to create unit studies so that we can do all the different elements, all the subjects, all the different learning aspects to a specific topic. And then she began to recognize, oh, wait, these are things that are my, my kids are interested in, and we're just doing life over here. That was reflective of my experience with homeschooling and why I transitioned into a more unschooly, self-directed education kind of focus, and why I'm talking to you about the project-based homeschool season. 
I'm interrupting this episode to let you know that I'll be offering group coaching for homeschool moms. Whether you're brand spanking new to homeschooling or you've been doing this homeschool thing for a while and you want to reimagine your homeschool, you're invited to join me. If you want to lean into child-led or self-directed or project-based homeschooling, if you have unrealistic expectations of yourself or your kids, if you're feeling like what you're doing isn't good enough or you're not quite sure if it is good enough, if you want to let go of your unhelpful schooled mindsets, if you still feel unsure about your curriculum choices, which method to use, what routines to engage with all your kids, and even create a self-care plan for you, if you want to know how to motivate bored kids, or you simply want a guide, someone to help you bounce off all those ideas swirling in your head, then you're welcome to join me in the Reimagine Your Homeschool coaching program. And if anyone wants to learn more, I offer a mini course that you can access over at my website, www.capturingthecharmlife.com, or you're welcome to book a chat and ask me more questions. I'd love to connect with you. So how do you want to embrace this summer season, our project-based season of homeschool? Learning opportunities abound, whether you're sitting at your homeschool table or taking a week summer camp learning to sail, or you're learning that sailing is not for you, like my kids learned. No matter how you approach it, everything is educational. Learning opportunities abound. New experiences, new people, new places, summer reading camps, new interests are born in summer. I hope you enjoy your homeschool summer season. Really, I hope you enjoy every homeschool season. Because when last night I sat in front of my giant bookshelves in my homeschool room and realized it was time to dismantle the homeschool room. I cried. When I recalled that there was always a mess in the mudroom when I homeschooled my four kids, the kitchen counters were full of science experiments, some edible, some definitely not. Legos were underfoot and books were randomly scattered. There was a basket full of stuff on the stairs to be brought up, please. Pencils and erasers all over the house. Actually, most of the erasers are in the sofa cushions. And pretzel sticks and packages of every snack known to the grocery store stuck under minivan seats. When I recall that I had, for a decade and a half, two CD cases in the console of my minivan, stuffed with Story of the World CDs, Geography CDs, French CDs, Story of the Orchestra CDs, all sorts of learning CDs, so that whenever we drove to the extracurriculars, we had something to listen to. When I recall that I tried so much curriculum and also spent so much money, and every last bit of it was a useful experiment, like, would the All About Spelling help my spelling challenged kiddo? Should I use Matthew C for all four of my kids, even though one of them was math challenged and the others were perfectly fine learning simply? Should I buy the manipulatives? Will I ever figure out the fraction overlays for Matthew C? The answer is no. Is it overkill to use Latina Christiana and teach Latin in my homeschool? 
in my conscientious, I'm going to be a perfect homeschooler. I even included languages. Like we traveled for seven homeschool years. We dabbled in languages of every country we moved to or traveled to. French and Spanish, Swahili, other African languages in Nuvaluit, Italian, Russian, Mandarin, American Sign Language. Was it overkill? Was it overkill to try to finish the Sunlight curriculum? I know it was. <laughs> okay, between you and me, definitely was. It made my children miserable and myself too. That was my sign. I was doing homeschool overkill. As I pull books, science kits, and resources, math manipulatives, or art supplies from my bookshelves to sell at a homeschool garage sale, I feel sad. And I have to stop occasionally to wipe my tears streaming down my face. (sighs) I loved my homeschool years. Why else would I stay in this space to support and encourage you? I am really going to miss this. It has been a sweet, sweet dream. So much freedom, so much individualization, and opportunity for everyone in our home to become more of themselves. I'm determined to celebrate this graduation homeschool mom season, though. So I'm just going to say, I did it! Cue the confetti! I'm a homeschool mom graduate. And though you may not be in the season that I'm in, if you're not, and you're enjoying these summer days, remember, it's a season. Embrace it. The kids are still learning. The floaty at the river is calling. Enjoy every moment. I'd love to hear what you call this homeschool season, this summer season, and how you do it. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the Homeschool Mama Self-Care or Homeschool Mama Support Group pages. And of course, on my website, capturingthecharmedlife.com. If this podcast is an encouragement to you, it would mean a lot if you would share it with a friend or leave a review on Apple or Spotify so we can share it with other homeschool moms who want encouragement too. And if you haven't yet accessed the free Reimagine Your Homeschool Life mini course, you can. It's over on my website too. Until next week, I want for you and your homeschool kids to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. You got this, girlfriend. <laughs>